If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John chapter number 5. And as you're turning there, uh, just let me say a word about the Ladies Spring Banquet. They had a wonderful banquet here on Friday night. And I know Mrs. Jacobs and uh, Andrea Sharpetta are not here uh, to, to hear it, but I appreciate all the work that they put in. There was a lot of work that went in, a lot of effort that was put into making that happen. And I appreciate them uh, doing that. Uh, they're down, they're all, they are already ahead of me in, in Heartland, all right? They went down, of course, Jackson's down there and, and, uh, and they'll have their graduation this week. And there's a big celebration, 25 years at Heartland. And so, uh, they're already there, but, um, I appreciate all the work that they put into that, and, and if you're here, uh, and you were here on Friday night, then I know that you enjoyed it, and if you missed it, you missed it. There's no go back and redo, okay? Uh, so, so you just missed it, and uh, be sure to next year make a note of it, and, uh, and plan on being a part of that. First John chapter number 5, and I want to preach this morning on certainty. Uh, certainty. We live in some uncertain times. I do not have to convince you of that. I'm sure that you are well aware of the uncertainty of times that we live in. Uh, matter of fact, taught, uh, COVID uh, taught us how uncertain and how quick things can change. Uh, you, of course, know that. And uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I was reminded because I was looking up uh, this morning the... Um, requirements for flying. I never upgraded my driver's license because I have a passport and I'm like, what do I need to upgrade my driver's license for? So I was still making sure that I could still travel on my driver's license without my passport. And they said, yeah, because of COVID, we pushed off the uh, upgrading of your driver's license to a federal license until uh, May of 2025. And I thought, man, that is crazy. Uh, and I was reminded of how things had changed so drastically and how, uh, boy, everything is just crazy. And if there's anything uh, that we, we come away thinking about is, boy, this world is uncertain. And, and the book of Proverbs says it this way, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And, and that's very true. We do not know what is on tomorrow. Uh, to be honest with you, we don't know what's going to happen even tonight. Oh, no, we plan. I mean, I'm planning on being back here. I'm planning on preaching, and, and, and that's our plan. But honestly, we don't know. I mean, our life could turn. It could turn for the better. It could turn for the worse. You don't know what's going to happen in life. Uh, and that is, that is for sure. But there are some certainties that you can know. First uh, John chapter number 5 and verse number 13. Uh, I love this verse uh, as we have a lot of certainty in this verse. And the Bible says this, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, God, for the, uh, for the privilege that we have to be here this morning. We thank you, Father, for the word, uh, your Bible that we hold in our hands and in our laps. And God, that we can have it. God, I pray that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me as we look at the certainty from your word about some things. And God, I pray that you would uh, speak to hearts. I pray that you would move as only you can. 
And Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this verse this morning, uh, it is a great, great blessing. Matter of fact, it's one of those verses that I've known for many, many years and just kept underlined in my Bible. Uh, whenever I change Bibles, I go and find that verse and I underline it because it is a verse of great truth. And really, uh, I underline it and I like to show it to people who have been saved because the Bible says this, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Boy, there is nothing like a no-so salvation. Uh, we don't have to think. Uh, yesterday I gave testimony in Sunday school. I had the privilege of, of walking through the, the gospel presentation with a young man when we were out uh, canvassing the area. And, and as I went through the gospel, uh, I said, um, or before I went through the gospel, rather, I asked him, I said, do you know for sure where you'll spend eternity? And he said, heaven? And I said, let me put it to you this way. If you were standing before Peter and Peter said to you, why should I let you in heaven? What would you tell him? He said, I have no idea. And listen, it's comical. It is comical. But the reality is there are many, many people in the world that have no idea where they are going to spend eternity. The Bible tells us that we can know. It's not something that has to be, well, I hope so, or I think so, or I believe my, my life has been good enough. And by the way, we know Bible-wise that a good life is not going to get you to heaven. But there's some things that we can know. And so I want to look at this text this morning. And John says it this way. He says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. I want you to notice this. The very first thing is that these things are written down. And I want you to notice the evidence of things that are written. Boy, there's, there's validity in having things written down. I, I'm terrible at notes. I'm terrible at remembering things. As a matter of fact, I like the old saying. It's funny how you can remember sayings, but you can't remember what you're supposed to remember. I, that just dawned on me. Uh, but I like the old saying that a, a short pencil is better than a long memory any day. Uh, and I like that. Matter of fact, I write things down all the time. I make notes. I made a note this week, and, and, uh, or the la last week rather, and, and then I started looking through all my papers, and I couldn't find my note, and I couldn't remember what was written down, and I knew I wrote something down, but I could not find it. I came across another note that reminded me of something I was supposed to do the week before, and so I did that instead. But, uh, uh, but there's, some, there's validity of, of having things that are written down. Uh, listen, if you were to go and, and, uh, and, and rent a house or buy a house, uh, listen, gone are the days that you just shake hands and say, I'm, I'm buying this house, here's the money, you take the house, all right? Uh, that doesn't happen these days. Uh, what do you got to do? Boy, you got to go down and, and uh, it's almost a joke when you go to the title office. Matter of fact, uh, they bring very nice pens for you because they're like, you're going to be writing your name a lot. 
And then for the next hour and a half, they, they give you a document and you read over it and you sign it. And you give you another document, you read over it and you sign it. And by the time you're all done, uh, I, I felt like I had signed off all, all six of my children and my dog. I mean, I, I thought, man, I... I didn't even know what all that was. But, but to have it all written down, why is that? So that uh, you know, hey, so it's all legal, it's all written down, there's no exclusions, and it's completely documented. Hey, listen, there's a lot of things that ought to be documented. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter number, or 2 Peter, excuse me, chapter number 1, 2 Peter chapter number 1. And I want you to see this as we're thinking about the evidences. John said, these things have I written. So they were recorded for us. They were written down in the Bible. And, uh, and it's a written document. I want you to notice this in 2 Peter chapter number 1. Just back a few pages. And verse number 16. The Bible says this. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pause just for a moment and say this, that a lot of people follow cunningly devised fables. There's a lot of things out there that people follow that have no founding or no basis in the Word of God. And Peter wants to assure them. He says, hey, I want you to know when we came to you, these were not just fables that we made up. These were not just things that we imagined. These were not just good stories that we came up with. And so he says there, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is the apostle Peter. He said, listen, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We walked on that water with, or we, Peter said that. He said, I walked on that water with Jesus. Uh, but he walked with Jesus for those three and a half years. He witnessed the miracles that he did. He watched them feed the 5,000. Uh, he watched Jesus walk on the water. He watched Jesus calm the storms. He was there at the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus uh, was, was glorified by God. Uh, he was, there were many things that Peter saw with his own two eyes. Go on with me in verse number 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory where there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, from the excellent glory, uh, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Verse number 18, and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. And so Peter is testifying. And he's saying, listen, I saw it. Listen, I heard it with my own two ears, the voice that came out of heaven. I witnessed the miracles. I witnessed the power of God on Jesus Christ's life. But look at what he says as he continues. He goes on in verse number 19, and he says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. 
He's saying, hey, listen, even more than my testimony that I witnessed it firsthand, I was there, I saw it. Even more than my testimony of the fact that I heard of Jesus Christ, I heard him with my own ears, I heard the voice out of heaven, and I will testify. But listen, he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Go on, he says, whereunto ye do, do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And he's saying, listen, you can have testimony, you can have witnesses, you can have all of those things, but he's saying, I want you to know that there is a more sure word of prophecy because it's written down. Hey, listen, you can gather a bunch of people in a room and you can talk about stuff, but when you document it and you write it down, then it becomes official. It can go back. You can be referred to it. Listen, I was thinking about this. Uh, I'm glad that our forefathers that, that framed the, uh, the, the um, Constitution, that they didn't just talk about it in a room and say, yep, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do all of that. No, no. They wrote it down. And they said, hey, this is our document that we're going to govern this nation, this newly uh, formed nation by. And listen, for years, uh, we go back and, and listen, I know a lot of amendments have been made to that. And, and I'm not in agreement with all those amendments. But I tell you what, I'm glad that they wrote those things down. Hey, listen, we have a sure word of prophecy from God. Hey, listen, it's not a bunch of hearsay. I'm glad that Peter took the time to pen the words that God gave him and wrote them down. I'm glad that John took the time to write the words that God gave him so that we could have those words saved forever for us. Hey, listen, the word of God is a sure word and it's evidence of your and I's salvation. This is, this is the document that God gave us. And I'm grateful that it's recorded. And listen, it ought to be recorded. Hey, listen, uh, if the IRS is to come to your house this week and you get that dreaded call, everyone fears IRS. You, actually, let me tell you this. This is truth. They won't call you on the telephone. Just so you know that, okay? They don't call you. They will send you a letter. That's how they correspond. So, so if somebody calls you from the IRS, hang up. Save yourself the trouble, okay? But let's say they send you a letter and then you get that dreaded letter. You go to the mailbox, you pull it out, and you're like, IRS, man, I hate to see those letters. I do. It just, you know, it's like, man, you set it on the counter, you just kind of walk around it a few days and you don't open it, and you're like, man, I don't want to read that thing. You get that letter, you open it up. Let's say they're, they're saying, hey, I'm going to audit you. You know what? You know what they're going to want? Recorded proof of everything that you've done. They don't care that you say, well, uh, in this year, here's what I did and here's how I spent my money and, and I gave this much to the church and I gave this much to charity and I used this much for business. They don't care what you say. They want recorded proof of everything that's written down. Hey, listen, 
I'm glad that there is evidence in the Word of God that has been written down for you and I, for our sake, that we can take the evidence that is written for our knowledge. Hey, listen, it has withstood the test of time. Uh, the King James Bible, by the way, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. We don't need all these new Bibles that they're changing. Uh, there, there's something wrong with, with the fact that, that, that every... Every, what is it, four, five, ten years, they're coming out with another English version. Wait a minute, what's wrong with the old version that I had? That is the Word of God. I don't need a new version. Uh, They'll give you all these lines. Uh, Listen, the Bible that we have uh, is the Bible that has been used literally for thousands of years. It is a faithful, accurate, preserved translation from God. And listen, it's the books that Moses wrote. Hey, they're right here. You have them completely preserved in the Word of God in your English Bible for you today. And I'm just telling you, it's the same. We don't need a new Bible. Uh, it bothered me years ago I, I, in studying, just in studying foreign language Bibles and things like that. And, and, uh, and I, I looked and I counted. I, I couldn't tell you now off the tip of my tongue, but, but I have it recorded somewhere. The amount of Bibles that we have in English, different versions... What is that about? I'll tell you what it's about. Listen, it's about the devil flooding the market with all kinds of false information so that nobody knows what is the truth. That's really what it's about. Listen, we have the truth. We have the evidence. And God promised to preserve His Word. The Bible says in Psalms 12, 6, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Hey, listen, God's promised to preserve His Word. The Bible says this in Proverbs 30 and verses 5 and 6. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. That's what the Bible says. And I'm just telling you that the Word of God, uh, hey, listen, we have the complete Word of God. And listen, it is the evidence of our salvation. I'm not trying to convince you, Brother Tom referenced this this morning, and I appreciate it. He was spot on. He said, he said, if the pastor gets up and is preaching his opinions and his ideas, and I thought, God help us all. Man, my ideas change. You guys would be blown away if you knew my ideas. My family knows. I'll tell them my ideas. But listen, I don't stand here at the pulpit and give you my ideas. I want to give you the word of God. Why? Because, oh, this is so much more solid than my ideas. This is founded. This is basis. This is is evidence of our salvation. And you dig through the book and you'll find verse after verse after verse that references our salvation. Go back to 1 John chapter 5. Back in our text, and, and what did John write? Look with me really quick here in 1 John chapter number 5. And... Um, Look with me, the Bible says there in verse number 1, he says, 1 John 5, 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Boy, I love that. 
It's a whosoever salvation. Hey, listen, whosoever will may come. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God did not elect some to go to heaven and some to go to hell. He elected a plan of salvation and that plan was that Jesus Christ would come to this world. He would live a sinless, perfect life. He would die on the cross. The question begs to be asked, why did Jesus die if he was sinless? The answer is simple. Because he loved you and I. He didn't die because of his own sin. He died to take your punishment and my punishment upon himself. If a man lived a sinless life, which he did, uh, then there was no reason for him to die because the Bible says that death is a result of our sin. If he was sinless, then there was no reason for his death. But he died because of our sin. He took his puni our punishment upon himself and died upon the cross. And so we find that the Bible says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. We find that, look at the word believeth. I find it very fascinating. The Bible mentions believeth in verse number one. He says it there in verse number five. Uh, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Look with me in verse number 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. Look at verse number 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of of God. And so every time he's mentioning believe, he's talking about and coupling it with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, our salvation is not based on what church you belong to. Our salvation is not based on how, how many times you have been baptized. Our salvation is not based on how many good works you do. Our salvation is based on Jesus Christ and him alone. That's what the Bible says. This is the evidence that he's written of. This is the reason he wrote it down. So that some, some joker wouldn't come along and confuse you with a whole bunch of other words. But you could go right back to the word of God and say, hey, my faith is in Jesus Christ and him alone. And he's the only way to be saved. We find that he documented it. This is what John wrote about. What does the word believe mean? The word believes mean to credit upon the authority or testimony of another. To be persuaded of the truth of something upon the declaration of another or upon evidence furnished by reasons, arguments, and deductions of the mind or by other circumstances than personal knowledge. Wow, that was a mouthful. That's why I wrote it all down. It means to be persuaded completely. Hey, listen, the fact that it's all written down, praise the Lord, we can go back and we can review that evidence over and over and over. Hey, listen, tomorrow you might wake up and you might not feel saved. Aren't you glad that our salvation is not based on feelings? You can go back and look at the evidence of the word of God and say, you know what? I'm not saved because I feel saved. I'm not saved because I belong to Anchor Baptist Church. I'm not saved because of the things that I have done, but I'm saved because I've placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. He says, 
every time he says believe, he's mentioned, he's coupling it with Jesus Christ. These are the evidences that he wrote down. And listen, uh, there's many Bible verses that we could go to. I, I could take you to scripture after scripture, not just John's account here in Third John, but all or First John, but all through the Bible. But we find the evidence that it's all written down in the Word of God. Look again with me in our text back in verse number 13. He says this, These things have I written, that's the evidence, unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. But there's two things that he mentions next. He says, That ye may know that ye have eternal life. The second thing I, I thought of is not just the evidence that we have, that he wrote them down for us, but the next thing I thought about was the education. I, I, this week, I think it was this week, it might have been last week, all my weeks are running together these days, but, but uh, uh, sometime I, I heard a message, I think it was this week, the first part of this week, and, and he preached this, Matthew 28, 19, and that verse says this, a verse that I've preached, a verse that I've heard many times, he says this, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And, and what a great verse. But as he read that and as he uh, gave that, uh, it was like the Lord said to me, hey, listen, people need educated with the gospel. And, and that's true. I've often thought, and it's very true and very accurate because the Bible says but that preaching, uh, the foolishness of preaching uh, saves people. That's very true. I'm not saying that that is not true. But listen, we live in a day and age and where people need educated on God and salvation. People don't know. And, and for you and I, listen, I grew up in church my whole life. I can't, I don't know a time when I did not know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I can't think of a time that I didn't know that truth. I've given testimony when I went to Peru and, and how we, we started our church and, and I'd, when I'd get up there and I'd preach and I'd tell people, open your Bibles to the Gospel of John and, and they'd take their Bibles and, and, and they'd be in the book of Genesis and they're paging one page at a time uh, trying to find the Gospel of John and I thought, good night, we're going to be here for, 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 for 20 minutes for them to find the Gospel of John and so I thought, I'll give you a hint, it's in the New Testament. And boy, they're still paging through their Bible and, and they finally hit the book of Psalms and finally I knew they all had the hardback Bibles that we had given out because nobody had a Bible and, and so I just went to the page number I said hey open your Bible to page number 1255 they found it a lot faster that way but it dawned on me people don't know the Bible I can't remember a day that I didn't know there was an Old Testament and a New Testament. I don't know the day that I didn't know who Jesus Christ was and that he was the Son of God. And, and I learned that stuff from great, I mean, before great, so I was in the nursery. They had that little speaker in there playing. I don't know how much they capture. They don't talk much. But, 
But I tell you what, I'm just telling you that, that I've heard it my entire life and, and there's truth that just, man, I know automatically because I've been exposed to it. But can I tell you that there are a lot of people, probably your neighbors, who couldn't tell you there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. There's a lot of people out there who, who don't even know that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. There's a lot of people out there who do not know that, that Jesus Christ is God. And what I'm telling you is that, listen, we need to explain those things and, and we need to educate them. Back in our text, he said this, he said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. And what I'm telling you is that knowledge that you and I have as believers, the word world does not know. We hear it day in and day out. And, and praise the Lord for it, to be honest with you. It reinforces everything that we know from the Word of God. But what I am saying is there are many people who do not know. And listen, they have to be taught a few things. First and foremost, they need to be taught that they are lost. You ever talk to somebody and, and they're, they're like, I'm okay. I mean, they, they, in their mind, they're fine. There is nothing wrong. I've given this illustration before, and I'll give it again. If, if, if you're out on the lake and, and you're boating along and, and you look over and you see a gaping hole in this guy's boat, in the side of his boat, but it's on the outside. I mean, if you're standing in a boat, you, can't, you don't really look out and see the outside of your boat very well. And he's just standing there and he's fishing away. You say, sir, sir, you need to get out of your boat. And, and maybe you throw him a life jacket. And he's like, what is that guy's problem, man? I'm, you're, you're disturbing all the fish. Stop it. He doesn't know his boat's going down. Matter of fact, in his mind, he's perfectly fine, man. He's fishing and you're messing up his day. He's got to realize and be pointed to the fact that He's got a hole in his boat. He's got a crack that, that's allowing water to seep in. And, and very shortly, he will find himself in a great problem. And the Bible tells us in Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Listen, there is a 100% chance that every person in the world inherited sin. That's what the Bible teaches us. And listen, they need to understand that because many of them don't realize. Uh, they'll tell you, well, I'm all right. I'm a moral person. I try to live a good life. I try to do good things. And many people do try to live a good life. And many people in their own minds are not wrong. And they think, I'm okay. And there's not a problem. I'm just telling you that we have to educate them. Hey, listen, that sin started way back in the Garden of Eden. And that every person that's born on this earth has inherited a sin nature and after they understand that they need to realize not only did I inherit a sin nature but I'm also personally personally responsible for my sin a lot of people especially today well I'm this way because of my ancestors and they push it all off back to to somebody else no you're that way because you're a sinner 
And, and, and that's the bottom line. We have to accept our own responsibility as sin. And we need to understand that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. And listen, I'm just telling you that a lot of people don't understand those things. You and I, we, we may know them, but we need to educate other people because they're not aware. They don't realize that they're lost. They don't realize that there's a penalty for their sin. The Bible says in Revelation 20, 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And when people start to realize, wow, this is a problem. I am lost. You can't give a guy directions on where to go until he realizes that he's lost. I mean, you could give them to him, but he ain't listening to you. I, um, I'm not very good at directions. You know that. And, uh, and I had some pe places that I would go, and some people, man, they were going to give me directions no matter what. How are you, you going back? And I, I, got, I got to the point because I am terrible at discussing directions, and, and I, I get in my driver's seat, and I hit go home. And then I follow that little thing that tells me to go home. That's, that's how I navigate. And, and, and they say, how are you, how you going home? I, I said, well, I'm not for sure. And, and I got to the point where I would just listen to them because I knew that they were going to tell me the best way to go home no matter what I said. So I just would listen. Yep. Okay. Got it. Got it. But you know what? I couldn't tell you one thing that they told me because... I was not paying attention because I already had my plan and I knew I was going to hit go home on my GPS and it was going to take me home. And what I'm telling you is that a lot of people already have their life all mapped out and they are not going to listen until they realize or understand that they are lost and that they need help. And we have to educate people on what sin is, and the fact that they're lost, and the fact that they need to understand there is a penalty for sin. Listen, after, the, after we educate them of their lost state, listen, then we can educate them that God loves them. Boy, that's a, that's a wonderful point. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Boy, that's so refreshing to know that even though I was lost and undone, even though perhaps even I hated God and, and that I wanted nothing to do with God, that he loved me and cared about me enough to send Jesus Christ to this world to die on the cross for my sins. Hey, they've got to be educated to the point that they understand God loves you. Most people's concept of God is that he's just sitting in heaven waiting for you to mess up bad enough, bam, so he can zap you and take you out of the world. That's what people think of God. That's not, that's not the truth of God's word. There's, there's a great amount of truth to God and they need to be educated that God loves them. And, and, and then finally, listen, as far as the education, they need to be, be taught that, hey, there is life with God. 
The Bible says, I gave the first part of the verse for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, that God wants to give us eternal life and that he wants to save us. And John is saying here, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Listen, we understand that. It's all written down. And he wrote this for us. But as I'm thinking about it and, and making application, hey, we, there, there is a world that is dying, that is lost without God, that does not know those things. And we need to educate them. We find the education. We find the evidence. And then lastly, I want you to notice this. And I won't dwell here long, but the Bible says the second thing. Uh, he says that ye may know that ye have eternal life. But the second thing, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Listen, not only do we have the evidence, the education, but I want you to notice the edification. He's again writing to believers. And notice he says, you've got the evidence, it's written down. He said that ye may know that ye have eternal life. But then he says this, and I find it very curious. He says that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And I thought, wait a minute. We believe at the moment of salvation. But the reality of the matter is, and that's true, we do. But the reality of the matter is, as we go through life, we still struggle. We still come into things and we're like, I wonder if God forgot that I was down here in this difficult situation. Just like the disciples as they were on the boat. Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he wrote these things down that we may believe, or I put it this way, continue to believe and that we have uh, that we have something to look forward to and listen first uh, John chapter 5 and, and verse number 1 there look at what he says there again he says whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him listen that we may believe uh, that we would start to show our belief by loving one another. Hey, listen, it's a, it, is, it was talked about in the adult Sunday school class. There is a bond between us, between you and I. That common bond is Jesus Christ. We might come from different backgrounds. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you've never heard the gospel until much later. But I'm telling you, we have a common bond. That's Jesus Christ. And listen, that we would, the Bible talks about it all through the book of 1 John, that we would love one another. Hey, listen, we ought to love one another. That is an attribute of our Christianity. My dad was Air Force my whole life growing up. Everywhere we moved, I tell you what, the churches that we got involved with, they became like family to us. Why? Because the bond of Christianity 
we knew that they, we loved them because they were saved. They loved us. And, and listen, we ought to love others. We're talking about that edification. And because Christ has forgiven us, we ought also to forgive other people. And we ought to love other people. Not only that, so we have loving others. But I want you to notice, look in verse number two as well. He says, by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Not all, not only should we love others, but listen, we ought to live by the book. Hey, listen, our Christianity and what we believe ought to affect the way we live your life, our lives. Right. If somebody says to me, uh, man, I've got this uh, thing and it is the greatest thing and, and, and man, you, you have got to have it. And they don't have one, I'm out. That, why, would I, why would I believe you if you don't have it? Hey, listen, in our Christianity, I tell you what, you know why I come to church? Because I believe in God. You know why I, I, I read the Bible? Because I believe God wants me to. You know why I, I give offerings? Because I believe that God wants me to. You know why I witness? Because I believe that God wants me to do those things. Listen, it's all written down in the book. And because it's written down, the evidences that are written down, the education that I've received, hey, tells me that my belief ought to change my actions. If your belief has not changed your actions, then there's one of two problems. One, you really don't believe it or two you've kind of got away from it which is possible but I'm just telling you that what we believe ought to affect our life and he says this that ye, be, that ye may believe on the name of the son of God that we would grow we would love others we would live, live by the book look with me in verses 4 and 5 and we'll, we'll end here but the Bible says this for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Not only loving others, not only living by the book, but I tell you what, in verses 4 and 5, he's talking about the victory. He's talking about overcoming. And I tell you what, we as Christians, hey, we have something to look forward to. In the end, I've read the back of the book, and guess what? We win. We win. You might lose battles here on this earth and in this lifetime. You may go through hardships, but I tell you what, at the end of the day, when everything's said and done and time is no more, we win. We're in heaven. Game over. There's no more. And praise the Lord for that. We have something to look forward to that will continue to help us to believe and to look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's saying, hey, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And I'm just telling you, listen, that's edifying to me to say, hey, I know someday that, that listen, we will see him face to face. I was reading and studying and I don't even remember who it was or what it was. It had to pertain to the book of Revelation and, and, and one preacher was talking with a whole bunch of preachers that did not believe in, in, in 
I don't know if it was heaven or, or the coming of Christ, but nonetheless, it was this. The one preacher said, you mean to tell me? He said, I'm not going to get to see my Savior face to face. The other guy just kind of standing there. He's like, yeah. The other guy said, and what are you living for? What's the point? The fact is we have evidences in the word of God that's been written down. We can go back and look. We can say, man, I know. Hey, I'm going to. It says it right in our verse. Eternal life. Life without end. We're going to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing to us to know that we can spend all of eternity with him. And may that give us faith day to day as we live here on this world and go through struggles, hardships, good times, bad times, blessings, and sometimes difficulties in serving the Lord. May we be edified in that. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, he said, these things have I written unto you that ye may know unto you that believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on him. What a great verse. I did not quote that correctly, but what a great verse that he's given to us. Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. Thank you for the evidence. Thank you for the education you give us written in your word and how we can know that we have eternal life. Thank you for the edification that you give to us the evidence that we can continue to believe throughout our lifetime here on this earth. I pray, Father, that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. And Father, if there's one person that does not know you as their personal Savior, God, I pray that today they would put their faith and their trust in you for salvation. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano plays and as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe God's spoken to your heart this morning. Maybe you're not sure of your salvation. Maybe you know, well, I've never trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, but I want to. Why not do that today? You can know where you're going to spend eternity. You don't have to go through life doubting, wondering, thinking, am I going to end up in heaven? No, the Bible tells us very clearly, you can know where you're going to spend eternity. Maybe you just need to review the evidence to help get you through some hardship. Hey, listen, praise the Lord, we have the Bible. What a great book. Read it, study it, spend time in it. It will help you day to day as you live your Christian life. As a piano plays, the altar's open. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you need to join the church. Whatever the need, the altar's open. Maybe you need to trust the Lord this morning.